Hello everyone, I'm Holland Collette and welcome to the first podcast episode of Polly Pocket's podcast. That's right, you heard it, you heard it right, just like Polly Pocket. Don't know if I'm actually going to be able to say that because that might be copyright, but Holly Pocket's podcast, that's me. I'm going to be coming at with y'all with multiple, multiple pockets of wisdom of my long entire life of 18 and in two days life of 19 years old. So yeah. The background about me, I grew up in South Georgia and moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee um, when I was about in third grade. You know, went to elementary school, high school, middle school, all the good stuff there. And now I'm a freshman in college at the College of Charleston and I've been here for about two weeks and I'm loving it. I am loving it. So yeah. But To get started, I wanted to talk about something that I've been trying to practice for like the past year of my life. Basically, I was trying to figure out like, you know, like what do I do for my first episode? Like, what do I talk about? Like, I have so much I want to talk about. I don't know what to talk about at all. And then I was going through my notes um, because a little fact about me is that... um, Last August, August of 2019, 2020, 2020, yeah, 2020, is that right? Yeah, 2020, I started um, my path of recovery from my eating disorder, and so that fall, after I began my journey, I started to go on lots of walks and listen to lots of podcasts, and anytime I'd be on my walk and something, you know, would spark my brain into thought, I would just write it down in my notes immediately. So the first thing I did when I was starting this was I went through my notes and I was scrolled way, way down and I saw like one of the first things I'd written down was be gentle with yourself and um, my dietician told me that and I've had friends that have struggled with um, eating disorders also tell me that and so that's been my motto for the past year and a few weeks And it's so important to me, and it shapes so much of, like, who I am today. And so that's why I wanted to talk about that. Um, And it's actually, before I get started on what I have, um, like, the points I have written down, it's really funny because today I'm in this class, and it's called a first-year experience. And you can, they basically have, like, hundreds of different classes you can take. And the one I signed up for was called Courage and How to See It. And my professor had this person in the class He had a camera, and he was videoing our class, and he was actually going around the country, and he was going to different people and asking them, like, what matters to you? And um, so he recorded our class, because we're talking about, like, ethics and stuff like that, which kind of is in the same realm. And, um, you know, after the class ended, she was like, does anybody want to stay back? And no one raised their hand, and I was like, You know, like, the empathetic part of me was, like, oh, this poor man, like, you know, he's traveling across the country and stuff, and um, so I raised my hand, and I was like, I'll stay back, I'll stay back, that's fine, and um, I actually found myself um, talking a lot about being gentle with myself and how that forms and shapes so much of my ethics and, like, what matters to me. So one of the first things I had written down was that, like, when I started recovery, I had to always remember to be gentle with myself because... The path of recovery is such a hard road. Like, it is, you know, fight after fight. Like, you're going to get knocked down and you have to get back up. But 
if you're not gentle with yourself in that, like, you're, you're going to fail. Failing is a really scary word, but if you aren't gentle with yourself and, like, your path of recovery or even your path in life, like, you're going to fail because the outlook that you have and, like, the ways that you talk to yourself are going to impact. Kind of like what I mentioned earlier is, like, originally adopted this practice as, like, an eating disorder recovery um, motto, but as I've gone in in life, my life, like, that's making me laugh because it's literally been a year, but um, it's grown into a life practice for me. It's really interesting because for me, I'm like, you know, why did it take me 17 years of my life to get to this point to learn that I need to respect myself and be gentle with myself and my feelings and the way I feel? Like, why did it take me so damn long? And the reason it take took me so long and the reason it's taking all of everybody else so long to realize that we have to be gentle with ourselves is because we aren't taught to do that. We are not taught to be gentle with ourselves. I can remember standing in the line at the grocery store with my mom, like probably at the right age of five, or you know, and you're looking and you see these magazines and what do the magazines say? The magazines, all they say is, you know, so-and-so gained 15 pounds or these people broke up. What happened? Or this person's a horrible person because this happened. And all you see is constant criticizing of celebrities. What does that teach us? Like, we see that and we see, you know, like, you think of, okay, the idea of a celebrity. Celebrities are people that we idolize. Like, we look at them and we're like, I want my life to be like theirs. We study them and we envy them. But also, at the same time, we pick them apart every day. It's really interesting the lesson that it treats, like teaches your brain because it's like, okay, I idolize this person but I'm also tearing them down at the same time. So how can I translate that into my own life? Like, if I'm res- trying to respect them as a person, and I'm trying to respect myself as a person, but I can't even do that to somebody that I want to be, how can I respect myself? But also, like, in addition to that, it's like, okay, we're taught those things at such a young age that for me personally, when I reflect on my life, I can see in, like, ways that it has affected me so much, even at a young age. Like, I know that, like not until recently have I felt comfortable being like open with someone and being like these are the strengths that I possess like for me I'm a really empathetic person like I'm an empath and I'm really organized and I'm intelligent and intuitive and I'm really emotional but those are things that I hold proudly to myself but like earlier if somebody would have asked me that like maybe two years ago or even in middle school when everybody's going through a horrible prepubescent era like it's not acceptable to be like no like this part of myself I love and I'm really proud of it like no if you said that you'd be the like literally the laughing stock of the class like it's so much easier to be like I don't know I can't really think of a good example but it's so much easier to tear yourself apart in front of others than is to build yourself up and if it's so easy to do that then you can see like that translates into other things like it's so much easier to tear someone apart than it is to, like, mer- like get the courage up and see someone in the hall and you're like, you look so beautiful today. Or, you know, that point you made in class was so good. Like, I never thought that before, but I'm really glad you said that because it really sparked my interest. We just aren't taught to think like that at a young age, which is so detrimental because, like I said, like, it took me 17 years of my life to figure this out. If we dig a little bit deeper, we think, okay, why is society like this? The way I can figure it out 
when I think about it is, okay, well, it's really Western culture. I'd listened to a previous podcast um, many months ago, but I think about it almost daily. And it's about this girl who went to Europe and she was in eating disorder recovery. She said that being in Europe helped her recovery so much. The reason that it helped her is because in Western culture, we idolize busyness. People gloat their busyness. They're like, oh, I gotta go to class and then I gotta do my homework and then I gotta work out and then I gotta eat dinner and I gotta do all this stuff. Okay, like, I don't really care. But then you also find yourself, you want that. You want that validation. You want people to know that you're busy and you're not, you know, wasting your day away on your ass. You you don't want people to think that. But it's because Western culture has skewed the idea of, like, time alone and time not spent doing work or working out or any of that. It's viewed as, like, laziness, which in reality it shouldn't be. It should just be time that you're taking for yourself. The reason that we're so wired to think this way is because our ancestors, they came to this country and they had to make their own life. They they had to be busy, 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 right? But as time has gone on and we've progressed and our ancestors have provided for us in so many ways, we never drop that ideal. We never drop the ideal of busyness. Why do we need to be busy if we don't want to be? <laughs> like if I want to sit home and play with my dogs or do this or that and I, I know I can do you know, my homework or my work another day, why is it so important for me to think that that's not okay? And that I actually don't have an answer for. Why is the idea of being gentle with yourself important? Why do you need to take those days off? Why can you not be busy all the time? Why can you not be go, go, go? The most important thing that I can think of and actually what I talked to this man about today in my little interview, whatever you call it, but I talked about how you are the only friend that you have. Sure, people are going to come and go as they please, but you are always going to be in your life. And so you need to be the most important relationship to yourself right now. And if you can't do that, then it's going to then trickle down into everything else in your life that you do. So if you're constantly at war with yourself in your head and you're always putting yourself down or you're always busy and you don't have time to think, you're going to have really shitty relationships, really shitty schoolwork. Like everything that you do isn't going to be the best. It's not going to be to your full potential. But once you start to listen to yourself and taking breaks when you need them and be in, and just like being in, like in touch with yourself and your emotions, like then that way you can form relationships and friendships with people in like very meaningful ways. You can show them how you want to be treated. You have more boundaries for yourself. Then that also gives you time to do your schoolwork better, to do your job better, to do anything better. Like you can't be at war with yourself and have this battle in your mind and expect that you're going to have great friendships and stuff because you're so busy beating yourself up. And if you can't treat yourself well, how can you expect yourself to treat others well? You should be the most important thing to yourself. I know that might sound really narcissistic. Like I was saying, like you're the only person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. And if you can't treat you well, like I can't treat Holland well, I'm not ever going to be able to treat anyone right. So 
In the whole idea of being gentle with yourself, one of the easiest ways I've found to integrate this into my life is this practice of falling back in love with myself. And I know you might be thinking, like, that sounds so dumb. Um, It's not dumb. You are the only person you're going to be friends with. Not necessarily. Like, you, you have yourself is basically what I'm saying. When I say falling back in love with yourself, I mean, like, yeah, like, you need to be in a romantic relationship with yourself. Like, you, you need to take yourself out on dates. Like, for me, I, I would constantly, you know, try to reevaluate myself. Like, how have I grown as a person? Like, you need to think of yourself as, like, somebody that you are trying to date. You need to get to know yourself. You need to get to know what you like, what you don't like, what foods make you feel ew. Like, if you see them, you're like, I cannot eat that ever. And, like, what makes you, like, jump for joy? What are those little things that make you happy? Like, you need to learn those about yourself in order that you can treat yourself in ways that you want others to treat you. And I actually put this thing on my Instagram story today. It's actually really funny that I'm talking about this because posted about this and it was one of these things that somebody had taught me before if if you don't fully know yourself you're gonna want what you want for yourself and others if I don't love myself I'm gonna be constantly searching for validation and for like quick love from other people but you're gonna be wanting it from the wrong people and you're gonna be you like I've done this myself like I created these twisted images of people that I know and held them up to these stakes that are they're so out of whack like they could never be that person for me and it's not their fault it's not their fault that they couldn't do that for me it's my fault for expecting it of them you have to realize that like some people aren't going to be able to be what you want them to be for you a lot of times for me specifically like that can be really triggering and it can make me because I'm such a perfectionist I can be like why can't they do this for me? Like, I don't understand. Like, it makes me, in turn, feel like I've done something wrong. When in reality, like, it's not you at all. Like, it's literally them. And if you just kind of take a step back, like, take, you know, get out of your head for a moment, you can see that this person has been showing you who they are every day. They show you who they are and their personality and their actions and everything every day. But since your mind has been so clouded by this image that you've created of them, you ignored it. You ignore it because you have hope that they can be this person that you want them to be. But in reality, it's just not. That's never going to happen. Instead of getting really upset by people disappointing me and making me feel like I don't deserve love and care I instead have to really really pay attention and talk to myself and tell myself that okay yeah this person's really disappointed me but let me think about all the other amazing people in my life that are there for me and that love me with their whole heart and that pursue me and want to get to know me constantly They're always trying to get to know me better. And they're always trying to check in on me. I have to remember that, sure, this person isn't being who I want them to be, but I have to let it go. Like, you have to let it go or else it's going to eat you alive because you can't change people. I know that's probably one of the most cliche things and something that we've always been told, but you cannot change people. 
no matter how hard you try. And if they want you that bad, then they're going to have to change themselves, but you can't change them. It's so interesting because it all ties into being gentle with yourself. You have to respect yourself as a person and know that, like, this person is not going to be able to fulfill my needs. And that's not my fault at all. I need to be gentle with myself and be like, you know what, Holland? That's too bad. That's not too bad for me. That's too bad for them. It's okay because there are so many other people who are willing to do that and who are already doing it. And it's really encouraging to think these people have already been doing that for me. And I haven't even met all the people in my life that I'm going to meet. Like that is such a beautiful thing. The other thing I touched on earlier that I wanted to kind of follow up with was like the idea of having an unlinear path. It's really big in like the eating disorder recovery community is you'll constantly see people being like, oh, like you're, you know, the path, your path to recovery isn't going to be linear. It basically just means it's not going to be an uphill slope. I keep saying all these cliches, but it's true. Like it's, it's so true. The reason cliches are repeated so often is because they're true. This idea of an unlinear path isn't just true for recovery in any aspect. It's true for life. Like when I was so young, like, I never would have thought I've gone through, like, all the stuff that I've gone through in my life. Like, I never would have thought that I'd be here sitting in my dorm room, like, <laughs> 12 at night, like, recording this podcast and, like, using all this intellectual knowledge I have on my emotions and the emotions of others based on trauma that I've gone through and endured. If you would have told me, like, four years ago or even, like, seven years ago, like, Holland, like, you... <laughs> are gonna go through an eating disorder, your parents are gonna get divorced, like, all this stuff, like, I would have been like, you're literally insane. Like, you're insane and you need to leave me alone because none of that's gonna happen to me. I'm gonna have a perfect life. I'm gonna graduate from high school, still have my friends from freshman year, and I'm gonna have a perfect life. Like, everything you're saying is wrong. But that's so far from the truth. And I wouldn't change it at all. Like, I wouldn't change it at all. Like, I, I don't want my life to be a constant uphill slope that would be so boring. It'd be so boring if you got everything handed to you on a silver platter. And even saying this right now is kind of like, you know, maybe I could have gone that day without, you know, crying literally the whole day and waking up the next morning with puffy eyes. Like, maybe I could have done without that. But you know what? I couldn't have. If I didn't go through things like that and I didn't have days where I felt like so shitty and like I didn't want to leave my room or talk to anyone, I wouldn't be here right now. Like I wouldn't be the person I am today and I wouldn't be proud of myself and I wouldn't know myself this well and I wouldn't respect myself this well. And that's why respecting your unlinear path of life is so important. We have to understand that, yeah, there's going to be ups and downs and the highs are going to be so beautiful and the lows, they're also so beautiful. I know that kind of might sound like a little bit twisted. When I reflect on my really low times, I look back at them and they just kind of make me think of like a really sad rainy day, but like I'm inside and I'm like writing like really sad poetry. Like that's what it makes me think of, but like that idea in my head is like so beautiful because it's kind of like the idea like I think it's like if you crush enough dirt together or something it makes a diamond I don't know 
or even if you think about like renovating a house, you know, like you could see a house and you'd be like, wow, this place is literally a piece of crap. Like this is never going to be pretty. And you know, you work so hard and, and then it turns out to be this beautiful place. And yeah, okay. You sure you make this place a really beautiful house. Right. But then you think somebody's going to buy this house and they're going to move into it and they're going to create a life and a home and it's going to be full of love and joy and laughter and that's kind of how you have to think of your life like in those low times this house is crappy like this house is a literal shithole like there's dirt everywhere and there's dust and there's like black mold and there's probably like ghosts in it too but you're gonna work so hard and you have to learn every nook and cranny of that house in order to make it livable. You have to get to know every nook and cranny of yourself and your brain in order to make yourself somebody that's ready to attack the day every day. You have to get to know your house. And once you start to get to know your house, you can start renovating it. And you can start falling back in love with it. And you can start having hope for the house. Soon enough after you do that, the beautifulness and the image of the house exudes like happiness and beauty and all it does is attract all these amazing people to it. Your energy attracts everybody else. And so this beautiful house attracts this beautiful family and you have these friends. It's all because you spend so much time working on yourself. If you didn't work on yourself and you weren't gentle with yourself, that house would never have been renovated and it never would have been really pretty inside and it never would have smelled like fresh baked cookies and it never would have felt like a warm hug when you walked inside. You can't treat yourself like an enemy. If you treat yourself like an enemy, what are you willing to accept from others? Like what love are you willing to accept from others? Like you can't belittle yourself like that. Like that is not fair to you at all and I know like, there's some people that probably struggle with that. And, like, well, I don't, I don't feel like enough. Like, I don't feel like I can accept this love. Which I've definitely felt before, like, especially, like, romantically. Like, I think a really hard part of love is if you're in a relationship with someone and you really love and care for them and it kind of things maybe go south and you end up leaving the relationship or the relationship ends and you feel worthless you they made you feel like you weren't worth their time and energy then all your brain connotates is okay well I still love this person right I still love and care for them but they made me feel that way they made me feel like they don't have the time and energy for me then when I'm looking for love in other places I'm looking for other relationships I'm not going to have a really high standard for it, right? And that's really sad. That's really, really sad. And so that's kind of the part where you have to really evaluate yourself and, and remember that you don't deserve that. You are worth so much more than that. And, and it's not going to come easy. It's not going to be able, you're not going to be able to flip that switch one day and be like, you know what, like, why did they say that to me? Like, I'm worth way more than that. Because when you love someone that much, anything they say to you, like, immediately becomes real. And when you 
idolize someone like that when you're when you're in love with someone you idolize them you know like like I said earlier you make this image of them up in your mind and you want them to be that and when they when they fail you it's 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 heartbreaking but it's also like it's just so hard to process I think that's why heartbreak is so hard like it's just so hard to process like you don't understand like this person who is supposed to love and protect me and care for me at all times and make me feel like I'm heard has betrayed me. They've betrayed me and betrayed my trust. And they've made me feel like one, I'm not worth their time and energy, but two, if I'm not worth the person that's told me that they love me that much, if I'm not worth their time and energy, why the hell would I be worth anyone else's? And that's something really hard to pick yourself up from. And I don't really have like, a really nice list of things to do to help yourself out of that slump. The only thing that I can tell y'all that's helped me is constantly practicing the idea of being gentle with yourself. And so if something like that happens to you, like it's happened to me, you have to take a step back and be like, you know what? They were showing me who they were every day. And the way that they treated me shouldn't be a surprise at all. It shouldn't be. It's not my fault. Like, the way that they speak to me is not my fault. Them making me feel a certain way is not my fault. It's theirs. And I know that's also another cliche. Like, it's not you, it's me. But it's true. Like, if someone's made you feel like that, and you know in your mind that you don't deserve that, it's not you. It's them. You don't deserve that shit. Like, you do not deserve that. And so it all just boils down to this practice of being gentle with yourself. Being gentle with myself has saved my life. If I didn't find this mantra for myself, like, I honestly don't know where I would be. I definitely wouldn't be recording this podcast. Being gentle with yourself is really important. Having self-respect for yourself is really important. Everything that you want for your life, a job and good relationships, good family, I don't, whatever, it all will stem out of the way that you treat yourself. So be gentle with yourself. You got it.